All right. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of our Friday Market Update. I'm starting a little bit earlier today because we got a lot to cover. Every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific time, I go over any of the relevant headline articles of the week, give you my take as to my perception as to what these companies or different things that are happening, along with showing the actual market data itself. So that way you can see for yourself what is actually happening and you can hopefully come up and become a more educated home buyer or home seller. We got a lot today, so let's jump right into it. Bubble Watch, not much home buying froth in Bay Area. Atlanta, great as riskiest market, Washington DC, lowest risk. What's been interesting about the Bay Area is while the Bay Area pricing has picked up significantly, especially over the last couple of months, it's been a huge laggard actually with versus compared to a lot of these areas. And this trend and this bubble watch index goes with a lot of how much prices have increased versus how much people can typically afford in a specific area. You have heard the story already. Over the last year, a lot of the migration has been towards places that are lower cost, whether it's from a uh, state tax perspective or if it's from a just from a housing living cost perspective. And you can see the red dots in the areas of which has been benefited the most. I mean, take a look at Austin. Austin, key rankings, number one is frothiest. Austin actually has increased about a medium of 40% in one year. You're talking about wild. That is true wild. And you look at other markets as well, even Jacksonville, Tampa. A lot of these markets, Atlanta has done extremely well over the last year. And you can see the Bay Area has not been one of the uh, big benefactors because some people have been moving or renters have been moving out as well. So you have different people moving out. However, that story has changed, as many of you have noticed throughout this year, as people are coming back to the Bay Area. Let me know how many of your friends have actually came back to the Bay Area. Now, whether it's because the companies have been uh, starting to have people come back, which I know for a majority of companies is going to be sometime in the September timeframe, or is it just in general people are back because they know, hey, look, I kind of missed the area. I want. I know a lot of my friends are back, so now I'm coming back. You can't ha imagine how many of my clients are in that boat that, hey, look, they've had a great one-year stay at wherever they're at, but now they're coming back and getting ready to either work or getting ready just to be closer with friends, especially the key is the Bay Area has fully opened up. I mean, let me know, like, any restaurants you've been to, any mall. I've been going to Santana Row. Like, I just went yesterday. It is packed. Absolutely packed everywhere. Malls packed. Everywhere is packed. Parking is a nightmare already. And we're not in the summertime. So get ready. Summer is going to be absolutely wild across the board, especially in the Bay Area. But take a look as well. I mean, everything has been opened up. Um, I mean, cases have dropped tremendously. You don't even hear about it anymore. Everybody that wanted vaccines can get vaccines. And so you're seeing that's happening. And you're going to see a lot of that activity back into the local market. So really interesting to see. I see this for myself, especially with how much my clients are putting down. There is quite a bit of buffer um, to be even close to being leveraged with the prices that you're paying today. Lowe's hardware site in San Jose is bought by a busy developer, a real estate firm involved in some ambitious projects, buys big site in San Jose. We will continue to see a lot of these types of changes throughout the Bay Area, without a doubt. A lot of the uh, old kind of setups, whether it could be a Lowe's, it could be maybe old malls, like those kind of B and C grade malls, uh, a lot of older commercial strips. You can already start seeing that. I mean, make no mistake. If you see the commercial strips that are empty, they're usually empty for a reason. It's because the landlords no longer want to lease it out. 
And it's very likely because they have probably some letter of intent or some sort of emotion to be able to transform that. And you can't do that if you have to buy people out or if they're in leases. So you may see a lot of vacant activity there because they're just waiting for people to ultimately leave. So be mindful of that. And that's going to be redeveloped, right? You'll probably see a lot of mixed use space, maybe some office space on the top, some commercial space on the bottom. It'll just be redeveloped altogether. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities as you have some businesses that struggle and then others will ultimately capitalize and do extremely, extremely well. Get ready. Rents are rising fast again, even in San Francisco. Like I said, there is a reason for this. People have clearly came back to the area without a doubt. Ask your friends, just look around. People have certainly came back and wanted to stay again. So it's been a very big decline over the year for a lot of these areas, especially in San Francisco, in San Jose. But you can only, in a sense, go so low because what happens when you get so low is that people may decide, hey, look, I want to be able to have the opportunity in my life to live in San Francisco, to live in these prime areas, especially when there's things that have opened up. So it's a great opportunity for people to do so, number one. Number two, some people are getting priced out of homes, right? They just simply can't. It's actually not necessarily they can't. It's they, they don't want to than anything else, but they're mentally psyched out. So I see a lot of my clients is a really interesting balance right now. You have a portion of my clients that, you know, this year alone, I've already helped 24 families buy a house. You can't imagine probably a fourth of those were so close to giving up. Like they're literally one or two weekends of just like, I just give up. Um, I just don't want to compete or I just don't want to pay these prices, even though it's probably likely to keep going for some time. But some people mentally psych themselves out. They may read these articles. They don't really understand what's going on. They don't understand the baseline is that it's going to be a, a pretty big increase. They don't understand the medium sales price in the in the U.S. is 13% increase a year. They just don't get that. So at the end of the day, they may just give up. And so you're going to have a, a big amount of people that are now being back into the rental space. And they're, they do not have a shortage of money. Make no mistake. I mean, these, some of these clients are between one to $3 million easy in terms of the purchase. So imagine what they can easily afford of rent. So that's bringing a lot of prices up again as people give up on the search. So it's really interesting to see. I suspect this will continue to pick up, especially as people return back um, and, um, and, uh, and as, especially as things continue to open up. Next, San Francisco ranks near the bottom of U.S. metro areas and home value increases. As I mentioned on the very first of the slides, you can see, I mean, in general, the Bay Area has not been a, a big benefactor at all through the last year. However, if you look at the last few months, it has certainly reversed courses. So if you look at this number, I would say if you look at from a year over year of eight, uh, January of this year to next January, I think you'll see something very different. Or from this April to next April, you will certainly see something very different. But you can see, I mean, they still have increased San Jose, San Francisco, still increased about six, 7%. So it's not a whole lot versus you can compare it to other areas. You can see the US medium increased by 12%. Look at the hottest markets, right? Austin, Phoenix. These are actually very low estimates, low figures. It'll be higher. Um, it'll be higher as the months goes on because they've actually increased more. Not in April because April, right, is when they first started. If you probably look at the July to July figure, you'll probably see forty percent increase uh, at that point. But it's just something to be mindful of. Like it's still been a, a, a laggard, which is a very different, unique time. We are in a laggard situation. The rest of the country has picked up way more than us. But that's why I see you should expect 
a significant increase throughout the year, which is already playing out. What else is new? Apple mega deal tech titan launches huge Sunnyvale expansion that could accommodate thousands. You tell me if you are in big tech or you're in the Bay Area, why do you think these companies continue to expand massive corporate real estate space? Just take a look at just drive around yourself, right? Drive around Sunnyvale, drive around Cupertino. Look at what Apple is doing. Do you think a company like Apple, which is a very uh, let's just say they are very lean when it comes to profits and costs of like how they manage things. Do you think a company like that would be expanding their office space if not for a big reason? Answer that for yourself. You tell me. Leave it in the comment below of what you think. If you're working at Apple, you tell me. Do you think you will be required to go back in the office? If you have friends that work there, you tell me. Is that going to likely be the case? And when I read this, I would not think any other way. Apple leases enough Sunnyvale space for another 3,000 workers in biggest South Bay office deal of COVID era. This is going to be a massive campus. It's interesting to see. As I mentioned, big tech continues to expand very rapidly when it comes to corporate real estate space in the South Bay. So something to be mindful of. Now, this is kind of interesting and funny. Snowflake relocates executive office from California to Bozeman, Montana, as company goes distributed. You're like, wait a second. They're not going to Austin. They're not going to Florida. They're going to Montana. Who works in Montana? And so I think this has a lot, to, a lot to do with, quite frankly, potentially of uh, tax. I mean, I'm sure it's from a tax perspective why this is. But let's look into the details a little bit more. What's going to be happening with their Silicon Valley office? What's going to be happening with their San Mateo office? They actually have also expanded. They're one of the few uh, younger tech companies that have also expanded in the East Bay. So if you might notice, I think they have a place in Dublin. You might have driven by that a couple of times. You'll you still see Snowflake will still have a large operation in Silicon Valley and even went through a massive redesign of its San Mateo office, which has been their previous headquarters for the eventual return of employees. While San Mateo continues to remain an important location for us, we do not have a single office that is the center of Snowflake's operation is what they have mentioned. So I suspect, I mean, it would not be a surprise that a lot will just say that we're at a new location. You can see they literally have something called No Headquarters, Bozeman, Montana. I'm sure this is primarily from a tax perspective. But the key is you want to figure out, well, are the talent, are a lot of people still local here? And as you can see, they still have a massive presence and are not relocating anybody. Uh, as much as Bozeman is, is a wonderful place, they're not necessarily moving them to uh, Bozeman or anything like that. But from a tax perspective, it makes sense, especially a company like Snowflake um, that has you know a, a pretty large global footprint uh, that's continuing to attract and obtain talent however they can. They're going to continue to do so. Next, Oracle finds buyer for big downtown San Jose office tower. Local and global investors grab landmark high rise in San Jose. What's interesting to see, we all heard the news of Oracle leaving in the past. But what's more important about this is that at the end of the day, there are plenty of people that are willing to take over the previous companies. So as you can see, there are these big venture partners that are willing to take over this space. So as companies leave, there are plenty of opportunities for new companies to come up that will be happy to take their prime location. Something to be mindful of as Oracle, especially if they've been a big player of owning properties as they liquidate their holdings. Now, next, I told you there's a lot, so uh, this is a lot more than usual, but I'm almost done. State requires Milpitas to double housing production. 
So one of the big mandates throughout um, California has been a push to, to provide more housing for a lot more people. Now, a lot of the push is a combination of more housing, number one, and a lot more affordable housing, which in this case may be something you may have heard of, BMR, below market rate, things like that. So something to be mindful of, as a lot of these different areas will all encounter issues. The question is, where are they going to be building the space? You tell me. I don't know where they're going to build. I'm sure they're going to have to build a lot more vertical. I'm sure it's, this is based off of the number of units. So I'm sure it's going to be a lot more vertical, a lot more condos. So something to be mindful of. You may see a whole lot more condos over time. But keep in mind, this is something that happens over the next, uh, actually the next 10 years, next decade technically. But do the math. If they can get 6,700 homes, that's only 670 homes a year, which is not a whole lot of homes, right? So just be mindful of that. While on aggregate seems like a lot, 670 homes is not a whole lot a month, especially in these good areas. And that's Mopitas. Imagine other areas like Palo Alto, Mountain View, Sunnyville. Where are they going to build? It's going to be a lot of rezoning. It's going to be a lot of places around the transit stops. Those have been um, those have been designed to allow a lot more density. So they don't require as much parking space. There's all sorts of these different things that are of benefit to the um, to the builders themselves. Those are some things just to be mindful of. And don't be surprised. There's going to be a whole lot more condos and potentially townhome developments throughout the next decade in the Bay Area. So if you tra thought traffic was bad before, you'll see over the next decade how it might get significantly worse. All right, let's talk about some of the lender uh, loan news along with just general prices. Lenders pick up the pace in closing mortgages. Now, here in the Bay Area, we don't see any of this, but you may see for yourself. In the past, a lot of uh, brokers were very strapped and you know, even closing in 30 days was a challenge. You can see now an average, they can close in 51 days. In the Bay Area, that's crazy slow, so you don't have to mind that. But you may notice if the average of the country has moved downwards, then in the Bay Area, it's even less, right? So while we still say conservatively, we can close in 30 days, in general, in aggregate, we can usually see it's, I mean, there's opportunities to close in 21 days. That's not uncommon these days. So that kind of fast close is happening again. Appraisers are not as backed up anymore. I see appraisers can go out within a week now. So everything has certainly accelerated uh, in terms of less delays that we have experienced previously. So uh, pretty good news there. Um, don't be surprised as that continues to get shortened. Pandemic helped first-time homebuyers in some ways. I've been telling this up front. With the ability of people not able to travel, not able to eat out, not able to go to the clubs, spend a ton of money there on bottle service, things like that, people have been able to save more money in than ever before. The savings rate has been significantly higher than ever before. Number one. Number two, people have been allocating a lot of their funds more so for real estate, especially because they've been spending all day and uh, you know all week in the house. Everybody needs more space, right? They need extra rooms. Uh, they just need a, potentially a yard. Wherever it is, they want to find a new space and have more of it. And that will continue to be the case, especially if people and companies have flexibility of going in and out. You know, I've seen this term called the clophis which is the closet office, that's not going to work that long. I mean, come on now. It's it's time to uh, think of a better way and, and figure out a way to uh, make that work long term. Um, so it's something to, interesting to see. Like they finally reported. I've been reporting it for the last year uh, for those that have tuned in. Last but not least, for most of you that have known, home prices haven't risen this fast since 2005. Prices rose 20% in Phoenix from March 2020. 
It's an incredible time. For those that are sellers, reach out to me. Happy to give you a CMA, a competitive market analysis, a comparable market analysis so that you can see for yourself. For the most part, even all of my clients that have bought in the last two years have seen a stellar increase. We're talking about potentially 10 to 25% increase within two years. Absolutely incredible to see. And imagine if you owned it longer. I mean, this last year has been incredibly stellar. And the thing is, it does not seem this will be slowing down anytime soon. You will see for yourself as we jump right in. Let's take a look at the market update so you can see for yourself. San Mateo County, residential, 206 new listings. Quite a bit over this long weekend. Uh, quite a bit of options for this long weekend. Uh, I, I would have thought it would be significantly less as people will, a lot of people have, will be leaving 192 contingent pending, very high amount being absorbed for people that have asked the, the chart on the left is what I would have posted last week. So for example, it would be from May one through May 20, the chart on the right is from May one to May, uh, 27 of as to when this got posted. So you can see that in the last week, that amount has been so high in terms of medium sales price that continue to push this overall amount. So you can see like in general, we're already getting close to $2 million for a single family medium sales price. And so you can see it continues to be an increase upwards in San Mateo County. I predicted this for a while now, if you tune into the previous ones, it does not seem this should be slowing down. Uh, I thought it actually would have slowed down because I thought it would have plateaued a little bit, but it seems like it's still continue to be very robust. So something to be mindful of as you compete in that marketplace. You can see condos and townhomes, similar result. But if you see from the year-over-year -year perspective, it's not that much higher than it was last year. So don't be too spooked, but your opportunity to buy the massive dip in the um, wintertime, you know, as clearly you can clearly see, uh, is over. Take a look at Santa Clara County. Santa Clara County, similar result. You can see 603 new listings. I mean, look at this amount. This is so many homes on the market that are coming on the market. And look at the prices also it's reflecting how competitive and how hot it is. You can see prices continue to increase throughout the months. We continue to push upwards uh, as we enter and close out May. Townhomes and condos, continue, similar result, continues to increase as well. Alameda County has slowed down a little bit, but look at this incredible change from March to April, right? That was when there was a big jump. Now it starts to somewhat slow down a little bit when it comes to the growth but something just to be mindful of is still very competitive. It really depends on how you compare the numbers. If you compare the numbers of what has closed in April and May, you may be seeing things that are a little bit closer to what it'll probably go for. If you look at data back in March, you need to be able to factor in at least a 10% buffer for those, house, for those homes. I'm gonna conclude with San Francisco because now I am having several clients. I have at least three or four clients that are looking there that have we have not looked in San Francisco pretty much all year. And San Francisco, so look at single family homes, has been a stellar increase as the months have gone on and it continues to increase very rapidly. So be mindful of that as you buy a single family home. Even condos have picked up. Look at the figure of May. You can see that year over year, it's already uh, higher than it was before, right? So for those that want that opportunity, um, I wouldn't say you missed it because at the end of the day, it's all relative. Remember, the baseline of the country has been a uh, thirteen, a twelve to thirteen percent increase across across the country. So, if we're looking at this, which is a little bit of an increase versus what it was prior, it's a very little uh, gain. So, relative speaking, you're actually somewhat getting things at a discount 
relative to the baseline of the rest of the country. So something to be mindful of. The baseline is not zero. The baseline is, in this case, um, you know, the figure of the of the of the year, or you can factor in what the usual medium sales price increase is in the Bay Area, which ranges between four to six percent of the asset class. So something to be mindful of. It still seems like it's still a great opportunity, but don't be surprised. You know, there's a lot of homes, a lot of condos that will sell within a week. Like I have a client that's looking at Illumina and um, yeah, it came on the market for like two days. It was priced fair. I told him it was priced fair and then it was gone. So don't be surprised for that. Um, there are good properties that was priced fair. We'll still continue to sell. Um, this is not like a, you know, this is not a correction or a crash. Uh, this is still, but still at the end of the day, as an investor, as a homeowner, it's still a, a really good opportunity as you can, as you may see relative to the rest of the country. Well, I hope this was helpful. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of our weekly Friday market update. If you have any questions or know of anybody considering to buy, sell, or invest in the Bay Area, reach out to me, love to connect and help them every step of the way. Enjoy the long weekend and I'll see you at the next one. Bye now. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of this podcast. If you like this show, please be sure to leave a five-star review for wherever you have searched for it. And if you wanted to talk about your real estate goals, feel free to reach out at any time. You can email me at spencer at spencerhsu.com or give me a call or text 408-223-5493. Talk to you soon. Have a good one.